So give us an idea of how big STS or Shanghai Toy Show is. It's designer it's con big. on crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't care how you have, I don't care about how, the hows, I don't care how <laughs> it has to happen. I, I'm, I'm just coming from the collector side, Jack. Spoil yeah. me. Yeah, I don't care yeah. about the finances making profit. Just wow us. <laughs> yeah. I saw artists that were just starting in the toy scene last year. And then this year, it's like, oh, they have 10 toys. And they have, like, a huge booth. And they have, you know, life-size yeah. versions of their toy. Hey, toy family. Welcome to the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. And Teresa, it's late for you, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, almost 8 o'clock for me. George isn't joining. So last weekend was STS, which is the Shanghai Toy Show. It's a huge three-day toy event put on by the awesome people from Pop Mart. So what we thought we would do is recap that event. So joining us this evening are two people that were fortunate enough to attend, Jack Miramatsu of the toy blog Vinyl Pulse and artist extraordinaire Candy Bolton. Welcome, Jack and Candy. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on such uh, short notice. I imagine your planes probably landed just yesterday. You guys are probably a little bit jet lagged. Uh, Just a little. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I promise we'll do our best to keep you guys awake, but if you need to take a nap, please just let me know. So, Jack, you've actually never been on the show before, and Candy, I believe it's been a couple years. You're probably one of our first early guests, and you've really exploded since we last talked to you. So congratulations on all your success. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But what I want to have you guys on today, let's talk some Shanghai Toy Show. So I guess let's go from the beginning to the end. First, before you decide to go to the event, how did you decide to attend there? Were you invited as guests, or is this just a personal thing you wanted to go out to and attend? I was trying to remember that today, actually. I don't remember how it happened, but Awesome Toy was going to have a booth there, and then I got invited through that way, I believe. And now I'm working with UCC. I just created a new toy through them, and so they wanted to debut it at Shanghai Toy Show. Now, you're throwing out the acronyms early, Candy. I know what it stands for, but for our listeners, what does UCC stand for? The Unusual Creation Club, yeah. (laughs) Okay, and the piece that they produce is your latest one, which is the unicorn. Is it the unicorn? Yeah, Aura, the unicorn. Not just a unicorn, it's like a captured unicorn. Yeah, Unicorn in Captivity is her title. So she has like the collar around her neck. It's based on a medieval painting or a tapestry, actually, of a unicorn that's been captured. And it's like in a pen and like chained up. It's beautiful. And you sculpted that one, right? Yeah, it's the first Sofubi toy that I've ever sculpted. Wow, it turned out fantastic. And this is this is tricky because I we need to talk about STS, but I want to talk more on that. But um, maybe we'll have you rejoin and we can talk about um, we can just catch up on everything you've done the past couple of years. But Jack, so you went STS as well, and you were there last year, and you went again this year. Are you going out as a guest, or are you just going out personally? Uh, that's a good question. So last year, well. At the end of 2017, so Decon 2017, I was thinking about, gee, what should I do? Because uh, I like to do like one international show a year at least. And so I was thinking, what should I do? I was talking to Jones from Paradise Toys. And he, I was like, maybe I'll do 
Taipei Toy Festival. And he's like, mm, I think you should do Shanghai Toy Show. And I'm like, at that time, it hadn't even been announced. They had just done Beijing Toy Show for the first time. And I was like, okay. And so he set me up with them. And I talked to them. And they graciously were able to fund part of my trip. So I went out there and really enjoyed it last year. This year, made it part of sort of my trip budget. And so I went out there on my own. Okay. And you're doing another one coming up pretty soon, aren't you? You're doing Thailand as well? Yeah. And I think Candy's doing that as well. Yeah. Are you serious? Holy cow. Yeah, Yeah, we'll both be there. Man. Yeah, I'm painting for it right now as we speak. (laughs) You guys are world travelers. You guys, Candy, you've done a bunch of Asian conventions in the last couple of years. Yeah, actually, I primarily go to Asian shows, and then I only go to, like, Decon. <laughs> wow. So I know, like, like, some of our events here, like, there tend to be different pass types, right? There's regular attendee badges, and then exhibitor, and press, and all that. Is it the same thing at STS? Yeah, I had an artist badge, and then there's also exhibitor, and I don't know about the press badge, so Jack. Yeah, so I had I had a press badge, yes. Okay, so you all both got to bypass all the crazy cues and all that? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. go right on in, nice. Yeah, and actually, so that's one thing different shows treat uh, or, or sort of handle press differently. So like STS uh, has a separate, at least they did this year, they have sort of a separate entrance. So you can just walk right up, get your press credential and then walk in. And so you don't have to queue up in the big line that regular attendees do. And that's good because they kind of stage that line in the sense that, especially the first day, they let in a few groups at a time and most people have to stand outside in like a big waiting area. And you can also get in, I think at least, Candy, it started at 10, right? Or did it actually start at 9? I'm a little confused about that. Um, like, I think the VIP started at 9, and okay. then the general admission was 10. Right, right. So there's a, a, like a VIP badge type 2 for attendees. And as far as I know, but I'm not 100% sure because all the information is in Chinese, uh, I think the way that works is you can pretty much apply for that and I'm sh- I assume it costs more. And then it's a lottery based on whether you get it or not. So if you look through like the lead up messages uh, from Pop Mart about STS, there are these long like lists of numbers of I think they're winners who, who get the VIP. Uh, so I think that's how that works. And press actually gets in at the same time as VIP, which is, uh, you know, nine an hour before. So that's similar to Decon. Um, so that's really nice. Okay. Cool. Teresa, did yeah, you, would you I, tell me that VIPs didn't pay anything extra? They just had to do the lottery system. Is that correct? Oh. Yeah. So I actually know mm-hmm. someone who attended as a collector and uh, picked her brain a little bit just about the event. Yeah. She told me, she, so you're right. It was run by lottery, but VIP for STS is no extra cost, which is oh, awesome. That is awesome. Do you think about you think about the five points or decon that we have, and I get it. You know, it's a premium to do VIP, but the fact that they yeah. offer it for free and you just essentially try to have a chance to get it is, to me, really, really cool. That is really cool. So I'm curious, your friend that, that attended, is she Chinese or is she a Westerner? She is from Hong Kong. Oh, okay. Okay. So she still had to travel a little, but – um right. Her name is Vanessa Fong. She oh, actually, I do know her. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's been sharing some photos of Toy Chronicle and whatnot yeah. and has helped me get 
a variety of toys overseas. She's fantastic, but she's super sweet. So it's always fun to hear what events are like for her over there. But yeah, she filled me in on a few things. I don't think she won VIP. How much is an attendee ticket for the event? Like a one day pass or a weekend pass? How does that compare to the stateside conventions? What's the price? Um, I, I seem to remember it's pretty affordable. I mean, the one reason why I was asking Teresa about who her friend was, was in a sense, or where she was coming from is, as far as I know, and, and things may have changed, if you, you know, you don't live in China, or you don't have access to like union pay, or the Chinese payment systems, then it's hard to buy a ticket because you can't send them money because like their right. financial system is separate from uh, ours. Yeah, they don't use, use PayPal, they use Alipay and WeChat pay like exclusively and hardly anyone uses cash here. Yeah, that's yeah, true. She, Vanessa told me that they were around 120 RMB a day, which is equatable to around $20. Yeah, it's USD. about 20 bucks. Um, it's a little less. Which yeah. to me, to me, I read that and I was like, oh, that's not bad at all. And she's like, oh, no, it seemed kind of pricey to me. And I was like, what? It's like, how much are events over there? Are they like super cheap? And I think a lot of them are free or really affordable. Maybe, but to me, yeah. it, it sounded on par with the typical entry of a, a day or whatever for our event. Yeah, maybe Asian shows are typically cheaper if she said that, because it does seem, you know, the $20 does seem kind of on par with what we expect, right? So, yeah. So, Candy, were you able to buy much there since the pay system is uh, or the currency system is a little different there? Well, I didn't really buy much like at that actual convention um, in terms of toys and stuff. But like as far as just buying food and transportation and all those things, yeah, I would just use cash when I could. But also my friends that I was traveling with, they had Alipay. So it made it really convenient. They just use it for me. Okay. So I want to get a sense of the scale of this event compared to, I imagine most of our listeners have only been to the stateside events, and there's some people uh, in the Asian countries that are familiar and been to the Asia conventions. Jack, there's a storm going on over there. Oh, really? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just called breathing. <laughs> Stop breathing, Jack. <laughs> Actually, let's see if this fixes it. Anyway. <laughs> no, anyway, so I, I want to get a sense for the scale of this. So when I see the pictures, and Jack, you did amazing coverage of the event. I watched all of your, your live feeds and saw all your postings. And from what oh, cool. I can tell, this event is unlike anything I've ever seen as far as an event. I mean, it's closer to what some of the presentations I've seen at, say, like a San Diego Comic-Con or some of the movie studio booths go really big and great presentations but what is the size of the actual event compared to like last year's designer con what what is it is it as big as is it half the size what's the scale of sts it's designer con on crack (laughs) (laughs) so you need you definitely need walking shoes can you see it in one day yeah I think so. It sort of depends upon, you know, that's kind of dependent upon, are you buying a lot of things? Do you have to wait in a lot of lines? Do you have like a huge list of things you want to buy? Uh, If so, you maybe wouldn't be able to see all the booths in one day because you'd just be spending time buying stuff, right? But if you were just like, I'm just going to look around and I want to see every booth. Yeah, you could do that in a day. Okay. I'm still trying to get a sense of the size of the place though. So it's bigger this year than it was last year. Okay. Um, last year, it was 11,000 square meters. Don't ask me what that is in square feet. I don't know. <laughs> but it's uh, 17,000 square meters this year. And I did look that up. It's about 
183,000 square feet. So it's somewhere in between, you know, for Decon, it's somewhere in between Pasadena and it's smaller than Decon was last year, 2018, which was the first year it was in Anaheim. I think it's on the order now of like 320,000 square feet. I'm not even sure. That's pretty huge. It's crazy to me that it's smaller than Decon because I don't know if it's the pictures or what, but I just get this sense that it's massive. So in my head, I was thinking it was huge, like towards San Diego Comic-Con. So, you know, I mean, some of that is, you know, Candy was saying, like, it's decon on crack, and it, it does feel like that way. And I think part of it is, and she she and I were chatting a little earlier, I think part of it is, and you alluded to it, I think Gary alluded to it earlier, is the presentation is really just like you would expect. It's kind of like Comic-Con meets art toys, right? The booths are sort of next level, or maybe a few levels above that. Uh, a lot of the booths have like large life-size figures for people to pose with, nice graphics, built-out booths, not just fancy tables, but actual like constructed booths, right? Mm-hmm. The kind of thing you would expect at like a San Diego Comic-Con or a New York Comic-Con. So that's part of it. And as far as it, while I think the space is smaller and you're kind of surprised by that, I think part of the reason why it looks bigger is because the booths are really built out and bulky and impressive. And also because of the layout. So the layout is spacious, but much tighter than, say, Decon was last year, right? Where a lot of the space at Decon square feet was being used for wide aisles, right? So yep. I think that's part of it, too. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, that makes sense. And I think that that's a good point. I mean, the it's like definite eye candy. Like the, the One of the oh, favorite yeah. things for me for STS is seeing all these booth photos, and it's just insane. I mean, and if, if we'll, we can definitely include a link to some, some galleries and stuff and some of the things you've posted for our listeners. But, I mean, yeah. we're talking just massive, massive stuff. And do you know, Jack, like, is it – is Popmart mandate that? Like, is it a requirement of – of certain people that being there like do all booths have to be to a certain scale i don't think so i mean maybe candy could weigh in on that a little bit because she had a booth or part of a booth i don't know exactly what the specifications were but they did definitely want us to design like all this stuff for the booths for the first time ever i designed graphics for like the cabinet and the banner and the background and i thought like wow this as fancy as i've ever gotten because i usually just have a table and put my toys (laughs) on it but then i went there and i was like oh everyone else has this crazy (laughs) booth with life-size versions of their toys even if they had like a little tiny tiny like the smallest space for their booth it still looked like really fancy and nice I'm not sure if that was like a requirement or not but it seemed like it was at least like encouraged because I swear it was probably 90% of the booths had like this really grandiose presentation to them very professional and polished looking like you know the the Funko Pop booth that was at Decon like how it had all these things you could take pictures with all these statues and it was like almost 75% of the booths felt like that type of presentation yeah it looks to me like it looks like Las Vegas of toys where everything is every booth is a photo opportunity to be had it looks like 
Yeah, yeah that's like really yeah. big in China to have the photo op stuff. They just love that. And it's like really smart for advertising too, because then when people take pictures of your stuff, they don't necessarily know what this character is or like what your brand is, but they take pictures with it and then they post it, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, I, from a collector's perspective, oh, that would be so much fun. Like that's just... It's just so fun to see stuff and take photos. And yeah. I know that some people like the sort of old school display of just like put stuff on the table, but it's so nice to see stuff visually appealing. And I also think it adds to the atmosphere and, and also helps our scene. really like, does. It gets you who, excited. Exactly. Like you go in and you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like a giant playground. And yeah, totally. It's yeah. So fun. Totally. It feels like it, that. It feels like a theme park kind of. Oh, yeah. For toys. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best presentations I saw was the Chino Lamb booth. He had like this rotating sushi bar for his baby sushis. Like that, that was amazing. Oh yes, he did. With like a beautiful like resin fish in the middle and then a giant, you know, so he's got that, I don't know what it's called. I don't remember the name, but so one of the things he released in addition to the baby sushi, which actually released slightly before STS was he has like a, I think it's polystone, right? Of like a flying fish. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty big thing. But he had a giant version of that hanging, suspended on top of his booth, like above where the conveyor belt sushi was. Oh, I didn't see that. Other people that had that too. So one of the things, not too many, maybe there were like, I don't know, maybe 10 booths that had suspended characters. And that's partly a function of um, the fact that this year it's in the same convention center, but there's like four or five different halls in this convention center. And last year it was in the basement. This year it's in the uppermost, like on the second floor hall. And that hall has really high ceilings with like, for lack of a better word, like rigging that makes it really easy to hang things. So some booths took advantage of that. How many years has this been going on? Because honestly, I feel like the first time I heard about it was last year. So this is the second year of STS. So Pop Mart started with BTS, which is Beijing Toy Show. They started that in September of 2017. And then Shanghai Toy Show, the first one was last year in April. And then they did the second BTS, you know, last September. And then this is the second STS. I got to it's for so new, but I got to say what, whatever Pop Mart is doing, they have some sort of toy magic because they seem to be changing the toy industry as we know it. And plus what's going on in the toy conventions. It's just, you know how long it took for designer con to become what it is today. And it seems like pop Mart did that in two years. That's crazy. Oh yeah. They set the bar crazy high. Yeah. I mean, they have set the bar crazy high. You know, one of the things that I think it's, you know, it's tempting to compare. And of course I do that and other people do that too. But I think also, there's this question about could Pop Mart, in terms of the, just the conventions, could Pop Mart have feasibly done this in the United States? I'm not so sure. I think some of the costs, even though you know it's definitely expensive for high-end booths and things like that, I'm dinging all over the place. High-end <laughs> booths uh, are uh, popular. Yeah, are um, not really. I think construction is cheaper. There's a lot of custom construction on site, and that all gets done crazily. Unlike big shows like Comic-Con where people have like two days to build out their booths, those booths are built, even the really extravagant ones, all that stuff is built out starting in the morning the day before, literally the day before the show opens. It's a little goofy and pretty incredible. 
but yeah, I think I think there's a cost aspect. Things are certain labor costs are cheaper in you know China than they are say in Anaheim. So I think that's part of it, but it is still really impressive. The well, production is done there, so that's how they can build all these like elaborate booths and stuff. Like if they had to ship those fiberglass statues to America, mm-hmm. you know, it just wouldn't be feasible. Yeah. Right. No, that makes sense. And I just like in my head, I'm like, how do we get this stuff to Decon or Five Points or whatever? <laughs> but yeah. as you all are talking through this, right? It's like, oh yeah, like they have factories right there building all this stuff to use at these uh, shows. But still, at the same time, I'm like, ah, jealous. Yeah, all the and like logistics of just like uh, me and Remji were talking about this. Like, what do they do with these statues when they're done with it? Like, do they just ship it to a warehouse and then they have to like ship it to another event or what? Like, they're so huge and you yeah, have to figure uh-huh. out what to do with that alone. And that's just one thing. Wow. The other thing, kind of, uh, as far as you know, comparing and booth presentation. So one of the things that I'm pretty sure doesn't happen at Comic Con or these larger American shows. It's these larger American shows when. Uh, companies have like Warner Brothers or whatever have these really crazy booths. Uh, I'm pretty sure that stuff is modular. It's designed off site. It's built off site, maybe mm-hmm. set up off site for testing. And then when they come in to, you know, do the presentation at Comic Con, they assemble it on site. But this stuff is actually built on site. That's crazy. <laughs> They're like sawing and like painting. Oh and wow! I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that at Comic Con. No. <laughs> So let's yeah. talk about the Hey, key, real quick, Gary. Yeah. So I'm just curious. This these shows going on by Podmar are very new. Do you all know how long Podmar's been around though? Because I know for me personally, it's a newer thing. Like they've just sort of kind of bubbled up and right. making all this stuff. But do you know how long they've been around? Roughly, yeah. So uh, I believe Popmart as a company uh, started in twenty ten ish. But it's a little misleading. Uh, so they started in 2010. They had a bunch of stores, and they have more stores now. But they were really kind of a general-purpose gift store. If you look at their website, they still have pictures of their early stores. Their early stores offered a real mix of things. So they did have some art toys like Sunny Angel uh, out of Japan. But a lot of it was like they had like fancy globes you know, of the world, right? And gifts like that, which they don't have in their stores pretty much anymore at all it was only really early late 2015 or early 2016 when grant the ceo decided you know what he saw how well sunny angel was selling and thought gee you know maybe this could be a bigger thing and pivoted the whole company away from a general purpose gift store and decided that their thing was going to be art toys and they were just going to push it as hard as they could so really, they've only really been an art toy company since late 2015. Okay, which uh, makes sense then. They've been slowly building it up, and they're obviously doing something right because I yeah. think they're killing it. <laughs> what they are doing, and I, I I really do think that what Pop Mart is currently doing is changing the t- designer toy landscape as we know it. I think they're having a big impact on blind box and minifigure toys and that sort of stuff. So, uh, but we can touch on a, a, another bit because I still want to talk a lot more about what you guys ex- experienced at STS. So you guys are talking about the queue lines and the attendance. From what I saw, it seemed like there were 
what, 5,000, 10,000 people just waiting out outside to get into the event. So what were the queue lines like for this event? And like even before it started, were people lining up overnight or were they, how long were they waiting in line before they got inside? How did all that work? Uh, I don't know because I didn't actually see them Oh, Candy, up. you're so privileged. You just get to walk but... right in the VIP door. I do know that on the second day that they sold out of tickets, so they had to stop laying people in at that point. Wow. Yeah, I I didn't know that, um, but uh, that's not too surprising. Uh, so as far as I don't know if people queued up overnight because that would have meant that I would have been there that early to see them, and yeah, I didn't do that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the morning of the first morning. There were quite a few people in line. You know, what they do is they sort of have this this line, this queue line. It sort of looks like a very, you know, cut down, but still kind of like theme park-like thing where people kind of – it's a holding area almost, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of accordion style, a little bit out in front. And they only let in a small number of people, say like 50 people, into the most immediate waiting area that's like inside the hall – you know, out front of the hall, but inside the convention center, if that makes sense. Most of the people wait outside in this kind of staging area line queue. Um, And there were a lot of people there. How many people? I don't really know, but hundreds at least, if not more. It's really hard. Maybe Candy has a better feel for it. But for me, it's really hard to know, you know, because I don't have like statistics, right? Like how many people came. Uh, So how many more people they are or less people versus like decon. Cause part of that is so layout dependent, right? If you have a big open space, it's much harder to tell that that's the same number of people as the number of people in a more compact space layout wise. So I really don't know. There are a lot of people that go though. I read a, a yeah. comment from someone that said I you know, lined up, at, I got in line at 6am and I was like 2,500th in line or something like that. So it sounds like there was a lot of people waiting outside. Oh, so actually, that that's a really good point you mentioned. So let's see, on day day two, which was Saturday, I I was kind of like confused and I got in the wrong line. Uh, <laughs> I got in the general line. I was like, oh, this is a long line. And uh, they handed me this uh, number. And I think that may have been my like you know, attendee number or something for lack of a better term. Okay. And it said... 4,044, <laughs> and that was around, let's see, that was around, gosh, I'm trying to remember exactly. It was before 10 when it officially opens to the public. Wow. Uh, you know, it was around 9 o'clock, I think. Do you so, realize how crazy that is? 4,000 people deep of a line? Yeah. But some of them have That's already so caught so many people. Yeah, oh, it, it's China. <laughs> you know, they have the most people there. It's like, I, I, you know, you could roll to decon, and I was like, oh my god, there's like 200 people in front of me. Ah, I'm like thousands. Yeah! Imagine your stress levels, Teresa, if you saw 4,000 people in front of you. You would be in complete panic mode that you're not going to get anything that you wanted. Oh my god, that'd be nuts. Speaking of which, did I, there's queue lines everywhere. I saw you go inside and there's looks like there's everything has a queue line. Are people yeah. able to get mostly what they went for? Wow. Um I you know, that's a really awesome question. I wish I had a definitive answer for you. Part of the reason why I'm not sure about that is again, I mean it sounds lame, but a, a lot of the information is in Chinese, not surprisingly. And most of the things that are 
the really hot things. So what are the really hot things that people queue up around? I mean, there's several, but the, the three obvious artists that really draw large crowds and big lines. Can I take are, a guess? You, you want to guess? I want to guess. Sure. Yeah, I want to guess. Okay, you probably guess all three, probably. Well, first, first off, I'm going to say Kenny Wong. Sure. Okay. That's that definitely one of them. Should you say you can have the second guess? Uh, I'll go with Pucky. Yes. And I'm going to say the last one is Cossing Lung with the Monsters. Yeah, that's, I think that's that about right. right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> We're still yeah. smart, Gary. I know. We're in touch. <laughs> you are in touch. And is there anyone else? I mean, Candy, who would you add to that list? Probably Yo-Yo. Yeah. Yo-Yo Young. Chino. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chino. You know what's funny? I was messaging with Vin of My Plastic Heart when he was there, and I think it was the first day. It was definitely during opening hour because he was sending me some photos of things that were going on there, some interesting toys and some lines at booths. And then he sends one of the Instinct toy booth, and it's completely barren, like nobody there, completely dead. I'm thinking, what is going on here? Either people are lining up elsewhere or it's just not that popular there. And then yeah. sure enough, so... and then 30 minutes later, I kid you not, he sends me another photo, and it looks like a two-hour whipback line for a Disneyland ride. It's crazy. Yeah. He and I talked about that. He showed me the picture, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, that's a misleading photo. I think – I'm not sure, but I think the issue there essentially is they do like – I think they do lottos. Can't, maybe Candy knows. But yeah, they certainly yeah. like stage the line, so the line doesn't open really early in the morning for okay. that booth. Yeah, um, I think they like they go up and get a ticket, and then the ticket says the lottery's drawn at a certain time. I think I don't I think actually right. know the process. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It probably depends upon the booth, right? And it you does. have to sort of prioritize, right? Just like you we do. have to prioritize for five coins and decon as far yeah. as which booth we're going to go to first. I'm sure Abs- it's the same absolutely. thing there. Absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, it's good that Instinct Toys is slightly later in the morning because I think the Molly starts really early. It starts basically when the doors open. Uh, the Kassing might be slightly later in the day, too, but you don't want them to all be the same time. Otherwise, you know, if you want the Molly, then you can't get the Pucky or whatever. Right. So that would kind of be a bummer. Um, so they do seem staggered at least a little bit. I like the stagger. Yeah, I think people got plenty of stuff. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are people who are above that they could get a particular Molly. The other thing is, is you know, it's not like the popular booths only have like one release, right? Like there are a lot of Molly releases and a lot of cussing lung releases. So if you miss out on one, potentially you could get something else. Now, is every booth massive a candy? Like it seems like you know, primarily on social media, we're seeing the huge just overly presented, beautiful displayed booths that look like they're out of Vegas. But how are the smaller booths? Is there a smaller section that's more like an artist alley that we know at some of the stateside conventions? Uh, so there were definitely smaller booths, but then they still looked really nice. <laughs> they looked okay. fancy. But then I also saw this one little area that had a little tiny like standee where they'd put their toys on top. And then there was like a generic back drop or I think they could customize the backdrop but it was about like a quarter size of a normal booth and so they were all lined up in this one area but it was a very small section of the whole show I'd say the majority of it was really nice done up booths okay I want to poke some fun at Dan of Unbox first off because he comes to the stateside <laughs> conventions and other conventions and it looks <laughs> like he just opens up a suitcase and puts toys out on a table but then you go to STS and he has this 
amazing unbox cafe what looks kind of like a restaurant and <laughs> yeah. beautiful uh, presentation yeah. so dan you can't be coming to the states and making it like look like we see a, a weekend garage sale we we want <laughs> we want the asia convention presentation do you feel cheated Mary? i do feel uh, cheated we, yes <laughs> and then here's the thing Dan won't do it because Dan's like, no, I like the old school table approach. I'm like, Dan, the collectors want more. You go to SPS, you have this giant booth with these giant statues. It's like, come on, man. Do it for us, too. In defense of Dan and Unbox and Leo, this is, I think, probably... I'm guessing the fourth Pop Mart show they've done because it's the fourth Pop Mart show. It's at least the third that they've done. And this is the, well, they've had nice booths before, certainly, you know, with display cases and nice printed graphics and things like that that were sort of above, you know, the decon presentation. This is really, I think, the first year that they've gone like whole hog, you know, custom booth with like a theme. And I think they did that because, you know, like, when at a Pop Mart convention, that's kind of what's expected, right? That if you don't elevate your presentation in comparison, you know, if you're a company like Unbox, you kind of look like, eh, right? So uh, I think that they kind of did that. But you'd have to ask them. But I think they did that kind of to keep up with the competition, really. Sure. No, that makes yeah. absolute sense. But still, come on, Dan. <laughs> Such an enabler, Jack. Come on. Still, come on. where's our Unbox Cafe in Anaheim? That's right. Oh, my gosh. I don't care how you ha- I don't care about how the house. I don't care how it has to happen. I, I'm I'm just coming from the collector side, Jack. Spoil yeah. me. Yeah, I don't care yeah. about the finances making profit. Just wow us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what was you. the um? So there wasn't didn't seem to be too much of a western or stateside producer or artist attendance or representation at STS. I think there was um you two were there and Vin of My Plastic Heart and I heard Toy Cube was there and, and Kid Robot they was were. there. They were through the polyphony booth. That's uh, right. But yeah. um Josh Mayhem was there. Was there anybody else there? was there much representation from the US side out there? It sounds like you practically named all of them. I mean I nailed I, it. See I'm in the know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Does course count? Yeah, course is there. Okay, yeah, because they're always at these uh, Pop Mart shows, and they have a really you know huge presence there. Amazing okay. booth. Yeah. Yeah, their booth was stunning. Absolutely beautiful setup. Um, oh, there was a story I heard about Josh Mayhem. I guess he so he goes there from the states, and then apparently none of his stuff arrived or got stuck in customs and then sent back. So he got rejected by customs. Yes. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so what I heard was he shipped it, like, ahead of time, and when the customs opened it, they saw that there was a cause statue that he uh, customized, and they recognized cause because he's so popular now, and they knew, like, oh, this is worth way more than what is stated on this form, so then it, yeah, that's (laughs) what held them up. Oh, bummer. Yeah, Yeah, if it had been like any other toy, you know, they probably wouldn't have caught on. But just because Cause is so well-known now, that's what got him. Bummer. That's what happens when you get a $14.4 million painting sold. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Ruin it for everybody else. So some other artists were represented, but they weren't there. Like, you know, uh, Jeremiah Kettner had a little section there. And Steve Ferreira, I'm not sure if that's right. He shows at Whoop Bear a lot. Yep. Um, he was there. And oh, Andrea Kang had a custom space dog. Yeah. 
But yeah, as far as the, people it's, it's being there, there's there. a very small number. It's Smaller like, than last year, actually. Huh. Okay. So then with a little bit of Western representation that was at STS, how do you think it was received by the Asian collectors? I mean, I know here in the States side, the Western collectors can't seem to get enough of the Asian product. They're clamoring for it. We're dying for it. They come to our conventions. It's a mad rush to their booths. But I really don't know how well the Asia collectors or the Asian market really feels about the Western product. So from your perspective, are they into the stuff that's being produced from the West? I'd say not so much. It kind of feels like they're in their own bubble and they like what they like. And especially at STS, I noticed that they really like cute things, like cute girly things, I think, were really more prominent at STS and more popular. This is the convention for Teresa. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds like I need to go to STS. (laughs) Yes, you would probably giggle and laugh at every booth probably and be like, oh, I need this. I need that. Oh, yeah. It'd be like that. But I think Candy's like spot on. When I went last year, one of the things was, gosh, there's this huge line. And I kind of have this sort of handicap, right? Because I don't have WeChat pay and everyone looks at you strange when you pull out cash. <laughs> In fact, one person at one booth literally said to me, because, you know, he wasn't from China. I forget where he was from, but he speaks a little English. He went, oh, cash. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Um, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think. They have a very particular taste and it definitely, you know, Pop Mart's like sort of, you know, it's not part of their mission statement per se, but they really intentionally when they, you know, worked with Kenny to license Molly from him and make the blind boxes that have gone on to be this huge success. They really had this intent that they were going to focus on the young female market and that's who they were going to market to. So the show kind of has that feel to it. But it also is a statement that they were right, right? That's a consumer that is very eager to buy and is very excited by this. So that's kind of everything sort of flows from there in terms of what's popular and what's not. I was going to say, even though I had a disadvantage buying stuff because I had cash, it wasn't too bad last year because the things that I wanted were not in demand. Like, oh, look at that cool urban vinyl. People are like, yeah, Mm -hmm. what? It's not (laughs) rainbow and and clear. I don't want that. Yeah. You know, I have to ask you, because I know you keep mentioning the, the language barrier, and maybe you're more used to it since you've been twice now, Jack. Is this your fir- Was this your first time over there, Candy, to SDS? Uh, no, this is my second time. Okay. So is it hard to know, like, what to do and where to go? Like, are you able to find where the bathroom is and, <laughs> like, read signs and know what's up? Or if I went there, would I, you know, struggling to translate and talk to people and figure out what to do? Uh, it was kind of difficult. Like I'm, I'm really lucky that I have friends that I travel with that speak the language. So it's a lot easier for me to say, but like, as far as like finding the bathroom, um, you know, they have like the big giant signs plastered everywhere, but uh, I was like lamenting every mentioning the bathrooms earlier because that is one of my least favorite things about visiting China. <laughs> they rarely have toilet paper in the bathrooms. So that's one thing you have to look out for. Uh, So sometimes they'll have like a big roll in the entrance of the bathroom. So you have to like unspool some and grab it before you go in the stall. Otherwise, you have to keep tissues on you. I want to talk about this for a while. And this is something to talk about. But they, 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 even if they have a community role, there's always paper, right? Or are there times you walk in and there's no paper at all? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes there's no paper. So, like, people have toilet paper sitting in their purse? 
Yeah, and actually they use tissues instead of toilet paper. It's oh, that's right. not enough ply. Part of, <laughs> part of, I think part of the reason why it's pretty common, I think, for people that live in Asia to, um, I'm generalizing a lot, at least in China <laughs> and I think Japan too, to carry tissue. And the reason why is that a lot of restaurants don't really like hand out napkins. You're supposed to like carry your own. Huh. Yeah. This is blowing my mind. No, huh. This like, is helpful, though, because if I ever go, I know i got to be packing oh, toilet paper tissues yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and you know, at STS at the venue, they had, like, the big rolls that uh, Candy is speaking about in the front, and you would see people just, like, spooling it out and getting, like, a huge wad before they went to do their <laughs> business. But uh, at least at this other – so there was another show, Sofubi Forest – that they did very close by at the Mercedes-Benz arena. Yes. And there's like retail shops in there. So at that venue, the paper, you have to get it from the front, but it isn't free. You have to pay for it. What? What is yeah. going on? I did, yeah, I never pay by the square? I would not poop for the entire week. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that the Japanese artists, they'll be like carrying a roll of toilet paper. So they like bring it from home, I think. Oh, do they? <laughs> Yeah, they come prepared. Okay. Oh my goodness. That is so interesting. Huh. Good to know. <laughs> wow. I'll I'll pack clothes and a and a pack of cotton now. <laughs> okay. Well this is the type of stuff I like to know because this this is the first time I've ever hearing this. So this this now I'm gonna remember this for sure. And I think a lot of other people, I know this is something that we don't want to talk about, but this, this is good to know. This is good information that you guys are dishing out. So while we're doing this, I think this is a good time to take our sponsor break. So even though they're not official sponsors of the podcast, I feel like we're talking about them so much, we should give them a shout out. So PopMart, if you want to follow them on Instagram, they're under PopMart Global, or you can see them at PopMart.com. And I know what you're thinking. You're wondering, Gary, where can we pick up some PopMart product here in the States? Well, I'm glad you asked because we have some sponsors that carry it. So first up is strangecattoys.com. If you go to strangecattoys.com, use our promo code MARSHAM at checkout and you'll receive 10% off of your entire order. Also, there's My Plastic Heart. My Plastic Heart has a cool little brick and mortar location out there in New York City. But if you can't make it to New York City, hop online, go to myplasticheart.com, use our promo code TOYFAM at checkout and you'll receive... Not, not $75 off, but you'll receive free shipping off an order of $75 or more if you live in the States. And on the West Coast, there's 3D Retro, which is a very cool brick-and-mortar location out there in Burbank-adjacent California. If you can't visit the store, though, visit 3DRetro.com. And then for all the latest and greatest in designer toy news, be sure to like and follow SpankyStokes.com and TheToyChronicle.com. And be sure to download the Toy Chronicle app. Okay, so we were just talking about if us as newbies, we went to China, we would be able to understand the language and how would we get around and all that other stuff. But really what is more interesting to me, it's just the payment system. It's like, it doesn't sound like cash or credit cards is really accepted there. You need to have the, the applications WeChat or Alipay, which is hooked up to a, a Chinese bank account. So how do you pay for things when you're there exactly? Um, it kind of depends on where. So I'm not sure if you're thinking you're talking generally in China. Or well, I'm thinking like I'm stores. talking mainly just for the convention. Oh, yeah. so yeah, I think that's kind of right. So at the convention, you know, it's interesting. It was a problem for me last year a little bit. This year, it wasn't so much, partly because I'm being picky about 
you know, if I go, I'm not going to try to buy at a booth where I know that, you know, I'm going to be turned away, right? If I know they don't take cash, it's kind of like, oh, well. Uh, but um, most of the times I was able to buy with cash this year, surprisingly, part of it was uh, just because I had other things, I guess. You know, I had smaller bills, too. So I was able to get pretty close to almost exact change. And I would just say, like, oh, if it's, like, two, if I'm, you know paying over by like two room B, which is like 40 or 50 cents. It's like not a big deal. And they're like, oh, that's fine. Okay. So they would just take the cash. So it wasn't too bad. It can be kind of bad in certain places. Yeah, it can be an impediment. So unless you have a friend, like at Beijing Toy Show for about half an hour, uh, I had a Chinese friend going around with me and he was very cool. And he used his WeChat and Alipay to buy like everything for me. Uh, if you don't oh, have that, it could be difficult. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so travel with a friend, preferably that has WeChat or Alipay and speaks Chinese. Yes, definitely. <laughs> that would change the whole trip and just make it so much easier for you. It really would. It yeah. Really yeah. These, these are good notes. I'm taking some notes here. These are. Can you, not that, like, you know, I could reach out to Vanessa maybe. It would be fun to meet up. But um, could I get, like, not hire, that's the wrong word. But like, yeah, you know you how like there's- a, You want like a higher chaperone, someone to yeah, like basically, do your translating. Like, that's a great and, question. Yeah, yeah like I could say, you hey, you want to come, to. I'll, like, I'll pay for your ticket, you come in, but I would, you would help me translate, you'd help me pay. You might be able to, you know. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't ever think about hiring anybody. Maybe I should just do that and make my life easier. <laughs> I got the smarts, Jack. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I guess in theory you could do that. You know, the other thing that's kind of interesting that I don't think I've ever seen at Decon or Five Points, but you guys correct me if you have, people at STS scalp tickets. Oh, there I have like, never seen that. Yeah, so maybe scalp's not the right word, but there are like resellers, not official, you know, they're not official members of the, you know, they're not from the convention or the organizers out front on the corner selling STS passes. Wow, it's like a sporting event. Hey, hey, buy, yeah. say, buy a ticket. <laughs> huh. It's not something I've ever seen, but I think, I don't think our shows sell out. That, That's true. I mean, you know what I mean? Not not like STS. Right, right. Do. I was going to say, imagine if they were like scalping the VIP tickets because you can only get those by lotteries. So I can imagine right. someone would probably pay a lot of money for that. Oh, totally. Probably. And the VIP, you know, this is going to sound kind of whatever, but it's the kind of thing that, you know, I care about and probably other collectors care about. So the VIP thing, not only do you get in early, which is super cool, but um, your, your past looks totally different. So the... Let's see. The I think this is right, and Candy, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think the standard attendee doesn't even really get a badge. What they get is they get a wristband, you know, one of those things they put on and then cinch on your wrist. But the VIP people, from what I saw, they have this cool badge that fits in this, like, cool plastic holder. It's, like, really neat. I, mean, I sound super geeky, but it, it really, not only not only do you have it, everyone that sees you are like, oh, that's one of the cool people that has got the VIP kind of thing. Uh, I so. didn't even notice. It'd be awesome yeah, if it was I'm just, like, a cool sure. fanny pack, which isn't really that cool, <laughs> but because you're VIP, a fanny pack is all of a sudden really cool. Uh, fanny <laughs> pack is actually, like, in style. <laughs> yeah, oh, are they? Yeah, like, unironically. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> Don't even you know. know. Fanny packs are bad. <laughs> no, no idea. 
<laughs> I think thing. one time the VIP was it like did it actually have a little booboo like attached to the VIP badge? It might have. Uh, you know, it looked like I didn't see it in too much detail, but I did see when they were lining up some of the VIPs at the booth where they get their stuff, and it looked like they had some special things. Yeah. Yeah. Two more stuff. Yeah, it looked like they either got like. Again, I'm not really sure, like a free gift or some sort of added extra thing. That's cool. Yeah. <sighs> Jealous, Teresa? Of course. You want that fanny pack, right? Heck yeah. You don't, I don't think you realize it. It's, it's a legit thing. Like, Tokidoki has made some that I've been tempted to get. But, like, it's I'm still, like, I get that it's back. But, like, in my head, I'm like, it's a fanny pack. It's a fanny pack. See, I thought the fanny packs were only kind of in if it was vintage. So I watched Slobby's World on, on what, Netflix. And then people go in there and they buy these vintage fanny packs from the 80s. But I didn't realize new ones were just as cool. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. What else did you guys see there that was different than the, than what we're used to seeing here stateside? Like, explain to Teresa and I. Like, I hear there's like a gotcha pawn area, and there's toy vending machines, and there was like a yeah. A, was there like a skate park at the event? Uh, like a rest there, area or something that had there, like skating or something? Yeah. So there was, as far as the skate thing goes, it wasn't really a skate park. But um, I'm trying to remember the name of the company. It starts with M. They they had like a skateboard thing there. They were selling some. I believe they were selling them STS branded skateboards. Okay. But they were also showing some of their other skateboards that were kind of you know had a lot of art on them or kind of interesting. Uh, but it was sort of the display was sort of kind of mimicking like a ramp, but it wasn't really a ramp. Uh, I didn't see anyone riding per se. Uh. But okay. it was really it was really just a display. But they did have like a skateboard display this year, yeah. Yeah, the skateboards are actually really trendy for this show. It seems like a lot of artists were painting them and selling them. And yeah, I was like right next to the skate park thing for a bit because that's where they had the live painting. Oh, and right. you're right, like I don't think I saw anyone actually using the ramp. I did see some people just like hanging out on it, and like they had skateboards, but they weren't like actually using the ramps for anything yeah huh. yeah i'll go out next year i'll drop in on it sure yeah it was <laughs> cool I, and like painting skateboards is a really good idea because it's flatter so it's more like a canvas yeah. too um and it's fun to display it so i don't know i want to do some of those for next time nice. maybe That'd be cool. Now, you mentioned you were doing the live painting this is your first time doing a mural with actual spray paint right you and remji were spray painting a mural yeah, we did. <laughs> it How was, was hard. <laughs> oh, like, I didn't realize your finger, like, starts to hurt so bad from, like, pressing down the spray can. Yeah. I had to use two fingers <laughs> to, like, hold it down. Did you switch and... to the thumb? You did the thumb. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. And then, like, the next, like, three days, my arm was sore from doing that still. Oh, man. <laughs> but it, it was fun because, you know, I airbrush all the time, so it's kind of similar, but, it, you know, it's really different techniques for all of that. So we just decided to go for more of, like, kind of a graffiti style because of, you know, the nature of the medium that we were using. It turned out okay. Like, for a while, I was like, oh, no, it looks awful. And there were all these people watching us, so it's, like, really It looked pretty good in the end. Well, we just kept at it, you know? We... we we're painting for like almost three hours straight and Jeez. we got oh, to a point wow. where it looked 
okay. <laughs> and then afterwards, what was crazy is that they brought in like a whole camera crew um, and there was like a director and he was like telling us what to do. And like he filmed us standing in front of it and like, and he told us like, okay, now you like motion for the camera to come forward. And then Remji like pushes the camera away. And, and they had these two people like holding up like fluorescent like UV lights and stuff on us. And it's like, damn, this is pretty professional. Like they hired yeah. all these people like a you know cameraman light people director to film us with our finished mural that's awesome that's cool yeah and i think it turned out awesome it did i really liked that I, was, I mean for your first time using spray paint that was fantastic oh thank you <laughs> well i want to go back to the the whole vending thing because yeah i was seeing pictures of that and it mm-hmm. bought so not only was i seeing vending machines for like individual blind boxes, but I was also seeing vending machines for a whole case. They're the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's right. And, and I think normally, I don't really remember, normally that how Popmart has it set up is they have, it's mostly individual blind box, but some of the you know selections or parts of the shelf of the machine are set aside for cases. Uh, they may have like segregated them. So there may have been machines adjusted cases and some adjusted blind boxes. Normally one machine will do both, but it's primarily the individual blind boxes. But yeah, you so you can, how you cool can, that is. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have a oh, claw machine for toys as well? I didn't see that. I didn't see any, just a bunch of gotcha pawn. And then the robo shops is what they call them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's just, and I thought it was really cool too. It was just like some vending machines, right? Where you can see the product. So you can like at the top, right? It showed all the different toys out of the box. You could kind of picture and see all the things. They have a display case and the different machines have them in different places. I've seen them sometimes in the pop mart machines. What they have is because the front, is you know clear just like a vending machine it shows you the individual boxes that are sitting there waiting for you to buy right and there's a screen off to the side because it's all digital and i should say the only way to buy that you can't use cash you either have to have wechat pay or alipay right so bummer sad face but on the side on the side of the machine they have like a clear display case that has all the little blind boxes and so you can see all the figures and so you can see what they look like yeah so cool it is really cool just, ah, I'm like, why can't I go to my local mall and go to a pop art store and go buy a blind box for a vending machine? Uh, I think you yeah, need to go to China. Maybe. And it's becoming think- a thing. Pop Mart has them. Obviously, they have them installed in a special booth you know, area at STS. But they um, and they have them. Normally, they have them spread around uh, in places where they don't have stores. They'll have the machines uh, so they can increase their sort of presence. But, you know, when I was walking around Shanghai, I ran into two that weren't even Pop Mart ones. One was at the mall right across from where Vincent and I were staying. Goko or something. I think I posted in Instagram story. Same idea, different company. And then when I was at another mall, they had one that was sort of like selling, said like cute life or something like that. And it was a pink decorated machine, but it had all sorts of you know, assorted cute toys, including Tokidoki, that you could buy the same way. So mm-hmm. it's it's really seems like it's taking off as a thing. 
Yeah, I saw one at a movie theater too. But was what was interesting was I think that you didn't get the toy there. Like it was basically Ooh. just like place an online order and then it Ooh. would be shipped to your house. Whoa. Interesting. It's, Future. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Man, we're not cool at all over here. We're boring. I feel like we're you know what we are? This this is the really cool nightclub and we're like the old guys at the nightclub who just aren't in touch with what's going on. Speak for yourself, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to talk to Pop Mart real quick. If Pop Mart, if you're listening, Teresa Hawkins, she says that I never do anything for her. I don't give her anything for free. But if you ever need someone in the state side to be your state representative or whatever, she knows cute better than anybody else. She's got her pulse on things. She's your gal. You should hire Aww, her. Thanks, Gary. Maybe that makes up for our uh, previous episode. Oh, I'm going to cut this out. Because <laughs> oh, well, I know you, you don't listen to the edited version, so, you know, I just wanted to get Excuse it on me. record. What do I do with my son for you? You take that back, mister. <laughs> so, okay, so the, vend- the, the Gotcha Pond vending area sounds really cool. What kind of trends did you guys see that seemed to be going on in SDS? Oh, like, going back to like the fanny pack thing real quick. Yeah. I did notice that there are people that had like these clear fanny packs and backpacks really? in general, and then they set oh. up toys in them. I saw this crazy backpack. I wanted to take so a picture cool. of it so bad, but she like walked away really fast. But it was a clear backpack, and she set up a whole like diorama display with My Hero Academia. It's a like an anime, and she had all these like characters all set up, like sitting in chairs, and like it wow. was so oh cool. Yeah. But I did notice people also just had little toys sitting in their like clear fanny pack or backpack and stuff. Can we make oh that? Can we mandate that to happen at conventions? If, imagine <laughs> if everyone was carrying a clear backpack. There's all the sporting events now with the firearm checks. You can't go into a sporting event without a clear backpack. Everything has to be exposed. But can you imagine walking around a designer con or five points and being able to see what everyone bought that you know usually is hiding in a backpack? That'd be awesome. See, I don't even care about that. I'm more freaking out about the fact that people are using these things to basically carry around toy displays. I'm yeah, in that's awe. Awesome. I didn't see that I, actually, yeah, but that it sounds was really awesome. creative. I want to do that. <laughs> I will start it. I don't care if I look like a nerd. I'm gonna figure <laughs> out a way to have like a little mini toy display on me at five yeah. points. It's awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Aren't you glad you joined, Teresa? You almost didn't join tonight. You would have missed out on all of this. I know. Here it is. Past midnight, but I don't care. No, totally worth it. But yeah, what else? Because there was something that Teresa and I noticed, but I want to see if you guys noticed it. Uh... I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, for me, and maybe it's just because I like them, so I think it's a trend, but I actually think it is sort of becoming a trend. In Asia, in particular, I think astronaut toys and space uh, explorers. Bingo! Toys. Ding, ding, ding. Exactly, you got it. Like, That's yeah. exactly. I've been so like, it's not just space. me, right? No, no. no yeah. Space is so in, and it's not just over there. I feel like it's the year of space. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's it's back. Like yeah. astronauts and even just space themed things. Yeah. But. It's a thing again. Like, it I have seen so many astronaut skin toys. It's not even funny. And new ones, too. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying I hate it. I love it. It's just, it's funny how certain themes crop up. 
Even ones that yeah. don't really seem to make sense. There was one that was amazing. <laughs> I can't think of the name of the artist or the of the toy, but it, it looked like a sexy pinup girl in an astronaut outfit, and then the clear dome was uh, a Mickey Mouse head shape. Oh yeah, so Pop Mart posted that. Okay, yeah, they did. They did post it. Yeah, so that was. Let's see. That's done by. Um, it's basically Cool Rain and a, at least one other Korean. Okay. Uh, artist and they did that as as far as I know they said it was released there but as far as I know it, it was a display and not for sale thing it was part of the um, so Pop Mart is starting to do collaborations with Disney which is really exciting and they had an area where they showed other artists had done sort of like one off sort of tributes to Disney and that was the idea behind that piece oh okay you mentioned Cool Rain and Korean artists. I heard, was it from you, Teresa, that it seemed like STS had a large presence, of probably more so than Hong Kong artists. It seems like there's a lot of Korean artists there as well. Yeah, I, I had heard that um, it was a good mix. At some events, right, it could be more select artists or only artists from the area, but it seemed like a lot of the Korean side of things was included in the event, which... I heard it was nice and the fact that it just added more variety, but I don't know specifically other than like, there's a company I know named song song. I don't know if that's the artist or the name of the toy, but it just seems like some, some different characters and whatnot that don't necessarily tend to make it to those events were represented at STS. Okay. Yeah, I think that's true. And in fact, um, there, there is a pretty big sort of Korean contingent or, you know, Korean artists and the Korean brands are definitely represented pretty significantly. And they seem to, it must be by design more or less, the Korean booths all tend to be grouped together. Uh, and oh, there's probably, there's probably like, oh, I don't know, quite a few. I mean, I want to say 12, maybe more. No. So that's really cool. So talking about like groupings and booths and stuff, I'm sorry, Gary, if you asked that and I asked this already and I totally blanked, but... Do they have, like, you think about um, our events, right? There tend to be, like, toy booths, right? But then sometimes there might be, like, a pin area, like enamel pin section or shirts or whatever. Like, do they have those kind of sections at SDS, too? Or is it true just pure toy booths? I felt like it was mostly toys. And yeah. they would also have merchandise mixed in. But I didn't see any place that was, like, exclusively pins, exclusively, like, prints or T-shirts. No. Um, yeah, it was the real focus on toys. Yeah. Cool. And that's a really good point, actually. You know, so if you look at DesignerCon, DesignerCon, I mean, partly they named it that so that it would be more applicable. Like designers, doesn't have to be toy designers per se, right? It could be like lifestyle item designers or people that do prints, artists. Whereas not only is STS and BTS, not only are they like next level in terms of presentation, but they are intensely focused on sort of art toys and so there really there really isn't like a pin area per se and in fact i was talking to the artist that does okay luna and he was saying to me that uh, one thing he misses about sts and that he likes about designer con is you know designer con is full of amazing pins he told me that pins aren't really a thing in asia and certainly Judging by STS, pins are really not a thing. Very few booths sell pins hmm. to STS. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, but in a way, I kind of think that's cool that they're they're really they have a focus. Yeah. You know. 
one thing I know, so I'm searching the hashtags for STS and STS 2019 and doing everything I can to see as much as I possibly can. And by doing yeah. that, I'm discovering so many new artists and so many toys that, yeah. I, that I just wasn't familiar with. Who did you discover or who have you become a fan of from going this year? Hmm. Do you want to answer that, Candy? And I'm trying to think of the artists right now that I had in mind. Well, I'll, I'll just talk about um, Mountain Toys in okay. general. Oh, like, yeah. do, you, do you guys know about Mountain Toys? No. Okay, no. so I visited their studio actually after STS. And mm -hmm. um, if you look them up on Instagram, they really don't have a very strong presence. Um, you no. might know some of their toys though, like Demo is one of their artists. Um, yeah, if you look them up, it seems like they don't have many followers or whatever. But at STS, they are astoundingly popular there. It is insane. Yeah, they were drawing um, a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, after visiting their studio, I kind of got a feel of, like, actually how big they are and how much they're growing at this moment. So it's just interesting because from our perspective, we look at, like, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and it seems like they're not that big, but then it's a whole different world in China. You know, and they're using their own social media and interacting with fans that way. Yeah. They have a lot of artists under them too. They do. They really do. Are they like a collective? It kind of feels like they sort of are. I don't know if they are, but yeah, I think they are. I mean, there's a whole team of people. They have a bunch of artists. It seemed like around maybe 10 different artists. Right. Yeah. 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 They were showing me some of their one-off auctions, I think, for STS, and it was crazy. Like, toys were selling for thousands of dollars at yeah. auction. Yeah, they're really popular. Yeah. So if, you look, if you're looking at their Instagram right now, the Skull Panda girl that looks kind of like it's a crazy, like Space Channel 5 fashion doll. Oh, yeah. Uh, they told me that that artist right now is one of the newest artists in the toy scene, but she's the most popular artist in China right now. Really? What? I mean, that's what they told me. <laughs> so, Crazy. But uh, she just started. This is her first toy. And they made, I don't know, like hundreds of these. They always sell out. You know, I think it's really interesting, Candy, that you mention the whole social media following. Because you're right. There are times where I follow these companies and I'm like, they only have like a thousand followers. Or like, yeah. it just, they seem like they're newer. Like, I should be able to get their stuff. But I think it's really interesting that you say, Instagram's not really where they play. Like they have whole other apps and social yeah. media, whatever they're using, a completely different world than what we're looking at. Right. So at least Mountain Toys has an Instagram, right? There are definitely really cool things that you see there and they don't even have Instagram. And part of the yeah. reason why is not only is that, you know, they're used to using like Weibo. I'm, I'm butchering it every time I say that, which I think should be how it's pronounced. All the Chinese look at me like, huh? And then they say it and I could swear it's almost the same thing. But <laughs> yeah, they point at me and laugh. But what Aww. I was going to say is, is that part of the reason why not only do they have their own social media, you know that um, they have what they call the Great Firewall in China. A lot of the Internet is blocked off in China. So in particular, wow. Facebook, YouTube. Google, Instagram, the Chinese cannot use that. They can't load those sites. They just don't load. They're all blocked. So uh, for, for you know, like Pop Mart, uh, they have some arrangement. Other companies have arrangements. They have maybe partners in Hong Kong that do the Instagram for them. But short of that, like individual artists would have a very difficult time maintaining Instagram page without some outside help. 
Well, they can use a VPN, and a lot of places right. have VPN built into their Wi-Fi. Okay. But yeah, but I think that you're right that it's still um, pretty inaccessible for most people to you know, seek out that hidden side of the internet for them. Right, kind of jumping through a little hoop there to try to Definitely. do that. Definitely. The okay, knowledge being dropped is crazy. Right? I thought we were in touch, Teresa. Apparently, we don't know anything. Well, we can only know so much, right? And the hard thing about these apps, right, is like, okay, they... I find a way to install it, right? But it's not in English. Like like Jack's saying, I I go into WeChat and like there's a few things in English, but then when I go to search, it's just a bunch of characters. I don't know those uh, characters. And that's probably how they feel when they open Instagram. Yeah. I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. So totally. I get it. Weibo is actually a little bit better than WeChat. A lot of the interface elements have... Uh, you know, reasonable English translations or seem reasonable. Like when you click on it, it does kind of what you think it was going to do. But once you get down a certain level, it's all Chinese again, right? But yeah, it's not too bad. I think it's easier to use than WeChat. WeChat is a little strange. Yeah, it's it's a whole different world and I totally get it. I'm sure they feel the same way. And I always feel bad that our podcast is English-based, right? I'd right. love to be international. It's just we only can do what we can do, right? And so there's, totally. there's so many artists, so many people out there that I'd love to bring on. It's just hard. And we keep trying to yell at like like Dawn or someone out there. It's like, let's create a Marsham International. Like, <laughs> right. Marsham Translation Hour. Out, but... <laughs> yeah, Translation <laughs> Hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning so much from this episode. You guys are doing it. You guys are killing it. And like Mountain Toys, they were not on my radar at all. And I love everything they're doing. Like Jack, I hope you brought me back something from them. From Mountain Toys? No, I didn't. I'm bad. My excuse, so one thing is, you know, I was kind of bemoaning the fact that like, you feel like a second-class citizen, you have to use cash, and people kind of look at you shocked, like, where's your WeChat pay, right? Just whip out your phone. <laughs> um, it's like, no, mine's broken. It doesn't do that, right? But when people ask me, like, oh, can you buy me something? I'm like, oh, I have cash. Sorry, it's a huge problem. <laughs> so I use it as a convenient excuse. Yeah. What about you, Candy? What's your it's excuse? Fun. Did you bring me back anything? Um, oh yeah. Well, Mountain Toys did give me some presents so maybe i can share some of those with you yes they please. gave me this really awesome jacket with like all this embroidery on it it's really oh, cool wow. oh that's awesome so we talked about discovering mountain toys that's a new one to me who else did you guys see or i'll give you mine so when i was going through instagram i discovered an artist i am gonna butcher this and i completely apologize and i actually don't know which one is the name it's either minji or kimongni I don't know which is the oh, actual God. name. But on, Are they on Instagram, Gary, or how did you find them? Yeah, I found them through Instagram hashtag search. And so if you want to find them on Instagram, they are O underscore K-I-M-M-O-N-G-N-I. <laughs> so O Kimogni and uh, Teresa, you're going to love them. Oh, this thing! Yeah, I knew you'd like those. And so for the listeners, I, to describe it for you, it's just imagine this super cute, cotton candy looking monster 
and you just see like this big smiling mouth, but then the hands are covering the eyes. So you know how when you play peekaboo with kids as an adult, you put your hands over your eyes and you oh. go peekaboo. That's kind of the feeling <laughs> I get and the joy I get from these toys. It seems like they're playing a game of peekaboo with us, the collectors, and they're fantastic. And they come in like monster form and then like also as like fruits and stuff. So apparently the artist is really popular and they sold out of their stock at STS. So it seems like they're doing really well. And I, I just instantly fell in love with this account. Hey, it says if you want to order, send me a DM, Gary. What? Read the top. Okay. The top. I... Well, okay. If you want to order, send me DM. Okay. Monkey face I covering will, eyes. I'll, I'll do it. Thank you. Yeah, I met her, yeah. actually. She's you met her? really cool. Uh, She's she... super nice, too. Well, that's good to hear. It's just, her stuff is amazing. Yeah, it's really it says cute. everything made by hand. So she, she sculpted these and builds these? I think so, yeah. I don't know what I can't I've searched I've looked at so many pictures and I do not know what the actual name of this toy is. She hashtags a lot of them as mystery underscore e. So if you just wanted to search that on Instagram, that's a good way to see a lot of them. But I don't think that's the name of the toy. Like the one I'm looking at is called it's Big Bear Pink Edition. Bear. Big Bear. Yeah. Huh. Pink Bear. Pink Bear. But I think that's the just for that colorway. So I think Ooh. This person. Okay. Oh, it just hit you. <laughs> I, met her, I met her too. I met her. Yeah, I met her at the um, at the STS after party. At uh, the cruise. The cruise. Oh, wait, yeah. yeah, it was on a boat. Wait, there's an after party. It's a cruise. Yeah, yeah it was this they, year. It was so fancy. They went all out for it. Who who's allowed to go to the after party? Is it attendees or is it just a uh, Press exhibitor exhibitors. Artists. Yeah, exhibitors, I think. It's mostly exhibitors, yeah. How do we get on this list for next year? Pop Mart. You want some sponsorship? Oh, well if, if, if you get a <laughs> if you get a booth, you could probably they invite you, I believe. I need to go to this convention. This is the convention for us, I think. Right. Other than well, not she, being she able to buy to... anything, I think definitely something <laughs> I want to see. Definitely, yeah. And just so that everyone knows, if uh, anyone like from the states is interested in going there and like exhibiting, they will help you hire a translator and also yes. someone to help with the cashier end of the yes, stuff. Yeah. So awesome. that's what I did last time. So that helps. There's still the problem of WeChat Pay and AliPay. So if you can't get that figured out, then you can only take cash. Okay. When they help you out, Candy, with the you know the Pop Mart person sort of runs that side of your booth, yeah. the payment side. They take the WeChat and Alipay for you, don't they? Or do you still need it to receive the payment from them ultimately? Uh, they will, yeah. I think you can work out something where they take the payments, but then at the end of the convention, they give it to you all in cash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. The translator that I hired last time, she was so nice and super <laughs> helpful. And she would like order taxis for me and stuff. Awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> huh. I need to hire a translator. Did you find your translator through them? Yeah, through Pop Mart. Oh, okay. For the booth, not for right. the after party. Right. <laughs> right. So this after party sounds awesome. We weren't there as listeners, so paint a picture for us. What was it like? Uh, magical. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have unicorns? Unicorns and you could actually pet. Uh, no, but there was free food and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
That helps. I mean, did they like decorate this cruise ship to look toy themed? No, but when you're walking up to the cruise ship, there's like this whole wall that's meant for all the artists to sign. And then they photograph you like signing it. And this whole time there's like cameras and lighting people like, you know, hanging out, trying to like capture like all the events that happen. Because I think they like compile it into a movie after they do. or something. They do. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. They, they do a lot of, um, you know, they do a really good job of they have whole crews of people, not just for the party, but actually like camera crews and such for the convention. I saw quite a few guys that I think they were, had like Pop Mart shirts on and they were doing like video early in the morning when there isn't too crowded, almost like before the doors open. They all had gimbals, right? The, like the stabilized cameras and taking like lots of B-roll footage and things like that. So they do a lot of like media sort of their own internal media it sounds like you guys went to a hollywood movie premiere and not a toy convention yeah yeah Yeah, for sure yeah the party was really cool i mean it's basically one of these cruises that you can rent out and everyone on there was one of their guests and it's pretty cool they have free food and booze like she said the only real decorations had actually inside the boat they did have really cool like hanging sts and pop mart signs and they had on the top deck so the top deck is uh, open air and they have like a band up there but they also have what i thought was cool but that's because i'm a nerd they have these like spotlights and the spotlights have shapes cut into them you know the sort of lens or whatever and it says like one says pop and one says mart and they kind of move around uh, on the floor. I didn't oh, know that. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That nerdy is awesome. That. Okay. <laughs> ben Clutter, you guys gotta step up your after parties. Right? Like I said, I don't really think it's fair to compare them. No, it's not. It's, it's not, but I love to tease them about it. Okay. Yeah, you got this beautiful <laughs> view of the skyline. It went past like was it the boond? Yeah. yeah. These really skyscrapers, but they have um these really tall modern buildings, but a lot of them have really neat like lighting effects. And so at night, as you're cruising along the water, it's really beautiful. Well, I'm sorry. This sounds like you guys had a horrible time. <laughs> yeah, horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, what do you give it? What's your Yelp review? <sighs> no mean, pressure. Candy, candy called it magical. I mean, that's a ten, maybe an eleven. Are we rating just the after party? Everything, the whole, the whole experience. STS as a whole. I'm gonna say nine and a half, just because you know ten is perfect and supposed to be unattainable. Oh my right? god, you so sound like my boss doing the performance reviews. I, you, Gary, you're the best employee, but I can't give you perfection because there's always room for improvement. Is what he would <laughs> <Yes>. say. <laughs> I mean, it's no, like the showmanship of the whole show is amazing, and it's all just this amazing spectacle just to look at everything but then there's also like some shadiness going on of like some of these toys look really similar to these other toys yeah there's, there's like a people lot of copying that. each other there's bootlegging you know so like that yeah. stuff wasn't cool uh- <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point there are a lot of things it's kind of freaky like um it's a tough thing. Some of that's just there are trends and people kind of follow those trends. And it's hard to know sometimes whether someone's actually copying someone. But in a lot of these instances, some of these booths, man, it really feels like like this is just like that other person. Yeah. The colors and stuff and the shape, but they just tweaked it just a little bit. Right. And oh, this thing over here, isn't that just this? And it's like you do see some of that, that more so than at Decon, I would 
would say. So, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Very much so. Like, it, generally, it seems like a lot of these are just people hopping on trends to make money. Yes. It's not yes. an artist who's, like, doing it for the sake of art and for, like, their love of the art. It's just, oh, we see someone's making money off of this thing. Let's do another thing that's very similar. Gotcha. Yeah, and kind you know... what we see on Etsy a lot, right? Oh, maybe. Maybe a little bit. So, you know, one of the things I was going to mention is in terms of, like... Kenny was saying, you know, the presentation and all. It is pretty amazing. Uh, they have, like, nice graphics and all that. But one of the things also that uh, sounds geeky again that I think is really neat is they have, like, official STS shopping bags in different sizes that they – I think they give them to vendors. I'm not sure. I mean, but a lot of booths have them. And so you see people walking around with all these yellow – in this case, they were yellow – Pop Mart booths with Pucky graphics on it. And it's like, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, the branding's on point and a very well-planned and thought-out event, for sure. I'd say so. Yeah. So, like, you know, most conventions I go to, they don't even have bags. You just walk away with a toy in hand. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, some people don't like all of this, like, showmanship stuff. Like, when Decon got all big and started to get more licensed stuff, I heard a lot of people moaning and complaining about that. So, to each his own, I guess, because there's, there's things that you get with these really well-planned out and polished and well-branded shows, but then you also lose a little bit of, like, the character and, like, the spirit of entrepreneurship and independent artists. Like, a lot of these artists are signed, so they're, like, well taken care of, which is, you know, amazing for these artists. See, now that's interesting. That's something that we don't really see or hear a lot of here in the States. I mean, maybe it's happening, but I don't know of that many contracted artists designing for toy companies. And it sounds like they're... Maybe the Asian artists are almost like what we would equate to a band getting discovered by a record company and then they get locked into a contract to make so many records over a, a number of years. So they're just obligated to make toys. Is that kind of what seems to be going on there? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Wow. I saw artists that were just starting in the toy scene last year. And then this year it's like, oh, they have 10 toys and they have like a huge booth and they have, you know, life-size yeah. versions of their toys. Wow. Like, how did that happen? Obviously that, you know, someone is funding all of this. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Never thought about that, but that makes sense. It's crazy. Yeah. It was more obvious to me last year, but there are a lot of, there were a lot of booths last year at STS and maybe now they've just rebranded. So it looks more like, you know, an artist, but that were essentially like creative agencies or like representation that were like funding these booths and were sort of like supporting these artists. So there, that definitely is going on. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's actually a lot of artists that are fresh out of college too, and they're getting picked up right away and signed. It seems they're really seeking out like new talent right now. That's so crazy. The idea of getting signed to it's like it's like when you get drafted for football, you get drafted for toys. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Why did, why doesn't that exist? I want to get drafted for toys. <laughs> you want more sports yeah. culture in our industry where we could have uh, D League or development leagues for artists, we could have companies trading artists with like seasonal trading deadlines and stuff. Yeah, I wish we had that kind of culture over here. I don't know why it's not the case over here. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it will be. Pop Mart will bring it. I don't know. Maybe. 
one of the things I know we're going kind of long, but I, I just thought of it right now. And I unfortunately don't have a ton of detail about it, but there was a booth that was interesting. It was called PDC. And I'm like, oh, what does that stand for? So I walked by it a few times and they had some cool toys in there. But then, uh, you know, it pays to read, right? They actually had this nice blurb in English on the wall about what PDC was. And PDC stands for Pop Mart development something something like that or designer essentially what it is it's like an incubator that pop mart sponsors uh and tries to grow artists that they think will be successful and support them oh. and i haven't had a chance to ask them too much about it but that's kind of an interesting thing so that's really interesting yeah. let's get them on we'll talk about that Okay. no well and i even i know we we do probably need to wrap but the other thing i know you shared that someone well you shared a video you found that's a video of a video. Yeah, oh yeah. And there was, I'm sorry, I'm explaining this terribly, but there was a, like a TV up at STS and there was a video playing on reel that kind of showed the behind the scenes look at all the different toy making processes oh. that Pop Mart goes through. So okay. like you see like their mold making and like watch a fluffy house figure come together. And I, I was, I watched the video and I was like, I don't want it to end. I want to see this whole video. Like I hope they put it out there somewhere, but it was so cool. It's a five, almost six minute long video. Oh uh, wow. Jack, man, we shared it in our okay. Facebook group, but yeah, okay. it's your, your behind the scenes look at the pop mart factory. So you're seeing it oh, nice. from the beginning That's stages awesome. of sculpt and the toy go through the whole process all the way to the, you know how the packaging is formed and and, and, uh, and all that. that sounds stuff. Rad. It's really cool, really really. That cool. Yeah, rad. I mean, yeah. I had no idea that they were hand painting stuff. So like one of the steps is someone literally with a paintbrush going in and applying detail to these toys. And like they were showing a fluffy house toy being made. I'm like, I have some of those. Someone like I now know how this thing was made, and it is insane. And at the end of the day, it's like that thing was only ten dollars. That's nuts. Right. But it's still it's still very fascinating. All the, yeah, the processes and things in place to get these things out there. It's just it's just crazy. Yeah, I don't know how to share that video outside of Facebook. I'm sure I don't think it came from a YouTube link or anything. So if you want to see it, join our Facebook group. Just search Marsham Toy Hour on Facebook and uh, you can see it there. Or me being technologically savvy, I'll probably figure out a way to put it in the notes. I'm sure you figure it out. <laughs> Well, Candy Jack, I mean, we're running pretty long. I, I need to yeah. actually cut some of this out, uh, but oh, no. thank, thank you so much. And this has been a, one of my all-time favorite episodes. I've been doing this three years, Aww. and this has been one of my favorite episodes so far. So Awesome. Well, thank Agreed. you so much for having me. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a while. I haven't talked to you guys in like a couple of years now. Yeah, I would love to have you back, Candy, and talk more yeah. about all, everything that you have going on. Cause, and Jack, you too. I know you don't like to talk about yourself, but no. you do run one of the longest running toy blogs in the toy scene. And that you do have some things and knowledge to share with us. So I would love to get you back on and talk more about that sort of stuff too. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It was, I, was, I, was, I was happy to be on here and talk about STS. That was I know. Great I know. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, work, we'll work on that. Candy, I'll, I'll talk to you. I'd love to get you back as well. But um, otherwise, am I going to see either one of you at Five Points Fest in a couple months? Uh, probably not me, unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't planning on it, but it sounds like uh, uh, several – toy people kind of twisted my arm who were like, we're going. So I probably will be going like um, people that have never been before are going to be going like Jones from paradise toy. And he also is little hut. 
Uh, they're going to be there. And Eddie <gasps> from Adfuncher is going to be there. Um, <laughs> I love how so, Teresa yeah. squeed at Little Hope being there because they have a great booth at SDS. They're doing great, they fa- fantastic oh, stuff. And, and maybe casting line. Oh, casting oh. long astronauts, maybe? We'll see. Yeah, I don't think so. But... Oh, don't bust my bubble. <laughs> let, yeah. let a man dream. Oh, but but I'm probably not supposed to tell you this, but hey, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I do know that Shoko is going to have a solo in New York. Oh. Yeah, I don't think we can keep that in, Gary. <laughs> I already have the scoop, Jack. I know about it, but I don't think okay. we're allowed to talk about it yet. So yeah. cut that Screw out. you guys. I don't know this. Gary, I told you. It's the My Plastic Heart Show. Oh. <laughs> Well, I didn't say no, that. Gary. No, Jack, you didn't say. So Teresa got some early bird news to this show, apparently. And she was telling me that she needed to fly in on Thursday night because there's a show at My Plastic Heart on Friday. She absolutely cannot risk any plane delays ruining for her. So um, I knew it was going to be a big show, but I never asked Teresa exactly what it w- was. But now I know it's the Shoko show. Anyway, cut all that. Nope. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, so we need to wrap this up. So thank you guys again so much for coming on. I learned so much from this episode. Hopefully the listeners enjoyed it. But until next time, why don't each of you take a brief moment and let our listeners know where they can find you. The lovely Candy, go first. I'm Candy Bolton. You can follow me on Instagram at Candy Bolton. That's C-A-N-D-I-E-B-O-L-T-O-N. And also Candy Bolton on Facebook. Oh, yeah. And my website is just CandyBolton.com. And congrats again on all your success, Candy. Everything you do is amazing. So Thank you. Jack, where can people find you? Uh, you can find Vinyl Pulse, which is a site I run about designer toys. You can find it at vinylpulse.com or social media is just vinyl pulse so instagram.com slash vinyl pulse facebook.com slash vinyl pulse very nice jack you're gonna get that lifetime achievement award this year aren't you uh no i that that just means you're old so no i hope not you deserve it you deserve <laughs> it if anyone deserves that award it's you thanks uh Teresa, where can people find you if you all want to find me, check me out on Instagram. My username is tmhawk24. And thank you all so much. This was a blast. Yeah, thanks for keeping Teresa up way past your bedtime. Yeah, sorry. Oh, about totally that. worth it. I don't care. And totally I, worth it. I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at uh, Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. Teresa, we need to work on our WeChat accounts. But until next time, this has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, because we want to. So until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. 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 Bye.